Support the Amigos podcast and keep the Amiga goodness flowing for just a dollar a month. Visit our page at patreon.com slash Amigos podcast. Amiga, the first personal computer that gives you a creative edge. Amigos, the podcast about everything Amiga. Amigos is a proud member of the Throwback Network, your home for quality retro podcasts. And now, here are your hosts, Aaron Dowdy and John Bodovkar Schaller. <laughs> yeah, that's much better. Nice work. I'm not starting the show by saying hi and welcome to the Amigos. What are you going to say? Well, because the, 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 the theme song says it all. So why do we? Why do I need to say hi? Welcome to the Amigos. I'm John and I'm Aaron. Why do we need to go through that whole stick when right before that my pre-recorded voice says, "And now John Schaller and Brent or Aaron." Dowdy. Oh, first of all, you just screwed up big time. <laughs> and second of all, we've done it the same way for like a hundred and some episodes. Now all of a sudden you get this inkling to change it. I feel like 106 is so. You should do it like Michael Buffer or something, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, like a, and that use your announcer voice. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. Introducing you now, the man, the myth, the legend. You know him, you'll love him. John, boat of car, Schaller. Schaller. And then Aaron. How you doing? How's that? That sounds pretty good. Yeah. So, um, Amigo Studios East, Aaron. Is that, we're just going to kick the show off. We're kicking that? the show off. We're not doing the, we're not, I'm not going to say, but before we do or any of that, all that's gone. You know what we should just start the show off with? What? We are two hacks. We have no idea what we're doing. I, How many shows have we done? I've been planning this for years. <laughs> We've done a hundred and some shows, and we are ham and egging right at the opening of this so, show. So from now on, it's it, we're not follow. We're, we're we're going format free. Just every time. Do you just remember? Do you remember when one oh seven? We have a format. 3, do you remember when they switched over and there was like that weird period where they didn't know what they wanted to be, and one day they were the all Zappa station. One day, I know for like one straight week they played nothing but Louie Louie and its variants. Yeah. That was great. Yeah. So th- this is kind of that ep- that that episode for us where we're in our our middle period, our dark middle. Is this this is our experimental phase. Yeah, yeah. You know, so um, get some Lori Anderson. We're throwing the format out the window. What, we don't have a format. We've never had a format. We we have a very defined format. We, we what is it? Oh, like let's hear I, the news. Yeah, and then what we do, do side updates. Week? And that's then, it. Yeah, we don't even talk about what we did this week because we talk about that on the pre-show. Well, I mean, if it's Amiga related, we See, talk about it. That's what I'm saying. It's all got to change. So what's the new format? The just new random. Format, just just we just go right into it. We Whatever just we want to do. Yeah. Okay, so let's, what do you want to do? Okay, so let's talk about Amigo Studios East. Okay, what do you okay? want to know? Okay, so if you are a uh, recent convert to the Amigos and uh, – <laughs> Take penicillin. And, um, and you don't know what this is, Aaron, why don't you give us a quick background on what Amigo Studios East is? A very quick summary of Amigo Studios East, a.k.a. my backyard building. Um, my brother and I have had an arcade in his basement for many moons, I hear – because about, uh, I don't know, six years ago, uh, we didn't get to go down to Brent's much more. We all stopped kind of hanging out because Brent became a family man, and I had the family thing going. And so we, we hadn't get, gotten down to the arcade that much, and Brent didn't do much of a fool with it. Well, he came to me at the beginning of the year and said, listen, the arcade's got to go. My son is an art major, a successful one, I might add, and he is needs the space down here. He's going to move in, do a bunch of art, go do a bunch of welding. You know, make some porcelain, mm-hmm. which how, I don't know how you make that stuff, but apparently you can concoct a bunch of it in a bucket. Requires heat, yeah. I think. And uh, 
all these games have got to go. We're going to sell every one of these. I was like, hold the phone, Point Dexter. I don't want to sell them games. You can't get them no more. I said it that exact way. And so I, we had the idea to get a building for my backyard. And then I thought, well, hell's bells. Let's put all the arcade games in there, and then maybe we could even shoot some shows out of there. Because this is about the same time that me and Bo just start doing the Amigo Arcade Adventures. And Boat was, like, licking his chops. And so we decided, hell, we'll shoot some shows in here. Call it Amiga Studios East. We can shoot some shows there. We can shoot some shows here. It'll be a nice switch up. And as of right now, the uh, building is nearing something, uh, some level of usability. We have ran the electricity to it. And just last night, I finished placing uh, the last couple games. We've got one more game to move, which we plan on moving in tomorrow, which is Galaga, I might add. And then I will have all the machines in, and we can begin the uh, decoration and the. Uh, we need to add some extra plugs. There's still a few things left to go, but we're in the home stretch. Uh, this week's been a, a pretty slow week, uh, but uh, um, I suspect that this weekend we will get the majority of what's left. Uh, we've got Mr. Miss Pac Man, uh, which is a cute little uh, pinball game. We've got um, um, Coney Island, which is a real kind of a rare game by a company that only made a few pinball machines. Then we've got the two big dogs. Uh, we've got uh, uh, WWF Royal Rumble, which is a great game. If you're a wrestling fan, it's also an underrated game as a pinball machine. It's a lot of fun. And then we have Brent's game, which suddenly I can't remember the name <laughs> of. Help me out here, Boat. Uh, Who Done It? Right. Who Done It? Uh, which is Brent was Brent's pick. It's probably our most valuable game, and you know it's pretty popular. Again, it's, it was a limited run. Then video game wise, we've got. Um, uh, a Donkey Kong, a Galaga. We've got my main cabinet, and we've also got a um, um, crane game in there as well. Did I leave anything out? I think that's everything. So, what did not make the cut? A uh, hard drive and didn't make the cut for logistical and size reasons. Um, it's also broken, isn't it? It works sometimes, mm. but it, it's led a rough life. And if you've ever opened a hard drive, and I know this is in the arcade show, but just for a little snippet behind a curtain, there's a sprocket and pulley system in this that looks like it was devised by someone on Gilligan's Island. I mean, it's insanity, uh, and I'm just not I'm not ready to get into the mechanics of this stuff. Uh, we're also not making the cut was our golf game. Um, gosh, what's the name of that crazy golf game I've got? I can't even remember the name of it, but it's it's a real fun game. Uh, but right now, it's uh, it needs a new hard drive in it. But we'll probably fix it up and. Uh, uh, it's a good game. Uh, Brent's going to keep it. Um, also not making the cut are Brent's event, many, many stupid ticket <laughs> games, which I didn't want to make the cut because I don't like them. Um, we didn't, I didn't take any slot machines. We have two slot machines that didn't make the cut. Our quarter pusher didn't make the cut. Our Unfortunately, our Xbox kiosk didn't make the cut, although I would love to have that over there. I, just, I like the way things are now, and I just don't see where we can put it. Uh, but uh, that's pretty much it. You know, our our big main cabinet didn't make the cut, but uh, uh, Brent's going to keep at least some of that as okay. well. So, but yeah, uh, I'm going to have plenty of room for my consoles in there as well. And I was just thinking about decorations and stuff for it today. So we're looking forward to getting it done. Yeah, and once we, everything gets moved in and we get everything powered up, we're going to start hopefully taping some episodes over there and definitely making some more episodes of Amigos Arcade Adventures. Yeah, so. it should be a lot of fun. One thing it's going to give us a chance to do is since I'll have my. Uh, console stuff over there we'll be able to play amiga versus console stuff straight out of the uh, uh real item right there and that'll be a lot of fun uh it should be good and and i'm sure i'll have some pinball tournaments and some parties over there too we'll film some stuff from that so. awesome i can't wait yeah me either um we got another big event coming up uh one week from saturday 
You're what? tapping my leg. Drop my volume. I already did it. I did oh, it like I 10 see. minutes ago I when see. it popped on the chat. Oh, my gosh. I'm sorry. Drop my volume again. Just keep, just turn it down. <laughs> what happens a week from Sunday? A week from Saturday, Aaron. We will be in this basement, but not seated here. We'll be sitting on very comfortable couches in front of the massive TV screen over there. It's not a massive screen. It's about, but uh, but we'll be playing Amiga for twelve hours. Oh, 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 Amigathon twenty seventeen, folks. It's happening. Um, <laughs> if you uh, check out our, uh, there's many ways that you can you can keep up to date with what's going on. The best way to do it is if you go to justgiving.com and then search for. Um, I don't know. I don't know how you get there. It's linked off our page. Yeah, if you if you just go to everythingamiga.com and then click on the When You Wish Upon Amiga. Is that what Dreamcatch's post is called? I don't know. Adjust my volume. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, if you can find it, it's yeah, going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. No, it's linked off our page. It's on our Facebook page. It's on the Google Plus page. Yeah. You cannot miss this link. Yeah. Um, and anyway, it leads to a Just Giving page. And... Um, and you can check out what our schedule is. Uh, we're pretty much letting uh, you, the donators, decide the schedule. Um, for every pound that you donate, every British pound sterling or whatever they, That's right. yeah, um, that you donate, uh, we will play one minute of an Amiga game of your choice. Um, and uh, so right now we've got about three hours uh, spoken for um, of our 12-hour marathon. That's yeah. amazing. We've already got pre-orders. Yeah, right? exactly. Are we playing anything good, or are they, are they going to hose us? There's lots of good stuff. Most, okay, of, the, good. most of the stuff there I, I really enjoy. So so it's not a lot of first-person pinball or not Super a lot. C. However, if you want to watch us suffer and play, you know, <laughs> no. if you want to watch us play three hours of first-person pinball. Oh, man. Um, How much you had to donate to cancel the first <laughs> day? <laughs> then, uh, then check it out. Um, if you um, – if you, uh, I don't even know what I was going to say. That's my problem with reading the chat while I'm trying to talk. You shouldn't do that. I def don't look at me. Whenever I read it, you yell at me. I know. So anyway, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be. We're going to have special guests. Uh, Aaron's family is going to drop by. Uh, Brent will be here. Chad, John Marshall from episode 100 will hopefully make an appearance. So we're going to have multiple people rotating in and out of the couches. Special secret guests. It'll be never. Even we don't know. Who's yeah. Coming. Uh, they'll be. Uh, it's not going to be. It's not going to be all Amiga all the time. Aaron's going to bring his multitude of systems and consoles and things. It's going to be mostly Amiga. But it's going to be mostly Amiga. Um. But it's going to be a great time. We're going to have tons of snacks. Um, oh, good. I'm mostly excited about the snacks. Booze of some sort? Yes, most likely. You'll Especially be on a short, the, we'll be watching you. Yeah, I don't I don't want to overdo it. i got to man the battle station here. But uh, it's going to be a great time. Amigathon 2017, tweet it out. Um, again, if you, uh, if you can't find the link, just go back in our Twitter and just look at look at our last couple tweets, and I've got it on there. Um, I've got the link to it, and of course, I'll be tweeting it out as we count down to the uh, to the event itself. Hashtag Amigathon twenty seventeen. It's a happening. You know, when you first told me about this, I was very nervous, and and I thought to myself, "Good God!" I was like a twelve hour run uh, of of uh, and to raise money, and honestly, I thought, I don't. Okay. I don't know if we're going to even make a dime. And also, I was like, 12 hours, that's going to be wacky, you know. And But I'm, the more, the closer we get to it, the more excited I am about it. And if for any reason, I cannot remember the last time I had 12 hours to do nothing but sit and play Amiga games. 
and I'm very excited just to sit around and play a bunch of games. Sit on the couch, be a bum, play some games, raise a couple bucks. You know, it's we're ma- it's sort of making my wish come true just by sitting around and doing it. And it's charity, hey, it's a great thing, you know. And it's a it's a um, you give you can, if you want to give a little, you can. If you want to give a lot, you can. Uh, it's for a great cause. Oh, and I should actually announce what that cause is. So oh, yeah. we'll, we'll be benefiting the Make-A-Wish Foundation in the UK. So Make-A-Wish uh, is a charity that tries to grant the wishes of terminally ill children so they can spend their last days on Earth doing what they want to do. Yeah, I'm, I'm quite familiar with the um, uh, the American version, Make-A-Wish. They, uh, a lot of wrestlers work it, you know, so it comes up quite a bit. And uh, it's, it's, it's a great outfit. And if you read... Uh, it was a Dreamcatchers article, mm-hmm. that, which it was just a. It was ter- I'd never heard that tale about the kid who wanted a, the comedy or the uh, uh, the comic pack or whatever for the Amiga, uh, and uh, it was real. It was actually quite touching, and and that's uh, that's where the whole thing sort of came up. Uh, it's a uh, it's a good thing. Make a wish, you know. It's it's a it's a reputable. Yeah, and that's not all. Starting on July seventh. Uh, speaking of Dreamcatcher, yep. he is, or I'm sorry, not July 7th, August 7th, uh, he is going to be writing. Not June? No, not June. Uh, he's going to be writing a review a day uh, until for a week. So from June 7th to 14th, and then right in the middle of that, well, not really right in the middle, but towards the end of the middle-ish part, uh, will be Amigathon 2017. And so it's a real team effort on, um, you know, from the whole crew and everything Amiga. I think some of the other guys are going to be jumping on the Amiga Live um, emulator and maybe doing some multiplayer stuff yes, with us. that'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, Jason wait. and I tried that out, and it worked like a charm. So it's going to be it's going to be a really fun, really fun time. The good thing about a 12-hour marathon, you can just kind of, t- you know, and we, we're, we're starting early here, so 10 o'clock a.m. here is, what is that, in the U.K., about 2. two. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, hey, if you're like me on the weekends, I stay up real late. You can just kind of check in with us occasionally. If you're up at midnight and you're like, I wonder what those goose in America are doing, hey, the goose will be rolling. We'll be still cooking. So, you know, just check in, hang out with us. Hey, even if you can't give a dime. Uh, you just want to stop in and say, hey, hey, I mean, we, hey, I dig it. I understand how it's tough times out there, but uh, we'd love to have anyone that wants yeah, to come Yeah, we appreciate the support. Out. Just, you know, we're going to be doing this for 12 hours, and we'd love for you to check in and say hello. Yep. We'll have, uh, you know, one of us will be monitoring the chat at all times. Mostly boat. The, the great thing about this event is that we'll have so many players that, you know, we'll be able to concentrate on, uh, you know, one person will be playing, maybe another person will be watching the chat, one person will be doing a silly dance. Yeah. You know, so. We're going to bring the uh, stock Amiga over. And get some uh, get some uh, uh, classic unemulated Amiga action going at least at least for some of. It. We'll mm-hmm. probably I was telling Bo this gives us an opportunity to try a couple of different uh, mediums for the Amiga. I'm going to bring the Pi over. We might even hook the old Xbox up and try some stuff on that. It'll be neat to see how the how it, how the differences and whatnot in some of the stuff. So we're going to use this as an experiment. Yeah, as well. I'm really really pumped to get the stock Amiga going again. Oh, it's it's working and great. Yeah, I, I know that yeah. you've done you you've worked a miracle on it. With well, a, I mean, you've done things that no man's ever done well, to an Amiga. I don't know about that, and we're really getting out there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now you praise me. Too late now, pal. But uh, uh, yeah, it's going to be great. It's going to be happening. I've never been a part of something like that, so it's another first for me. So yeah, I'm, well, I'm it's, excited a, it's about a first it. for me too. I, I haven't done. I don't know. That that I've ever played video games for 12 hours straight. No. I now, don't. what about when you were in your City of Heroes days back on the mountain? 12 you know? hours straight? Probably eight. Mm. You know, now, EverQuest, I don't know if it's possible. But the thing is, you know, there's a there's a fine line between uh, charity raising fun effort and, like, 
human vegetable. Sad existence. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so and I, not only did I cross that line, I spat upon it as I rolled over. So, <laughs> so I can tell you right now. But yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be great, and uh, I'm I'm glad it was suggested, and I, I'm it was uh, it's been organized, but you know. Uh, again, I, most of the time I just show up and do the gig. And, you know, you know we're going to have stretch goals, too. So whenever we, we start uh, the, the marathon, we'll say if we get to this amount of money by this time, you know, we're, we'll do a bonus thing. It's like PBS. Yeah. You get a, you get a tote bag. You, do, you won't get a tote bag, <laughs> but we'll do, you know, we'll have. So say that you want to say, I don't know, just looking at uh, looking at Daz over in the chat right now. He's talking about Alien versus Predator on Jaguar. Maybe we'll say, you know, if we get to this amount of money, we'll have a special, you know, Jaguar block. Also, maybe we should do something like if we get to a certain amount of money, I get to like hit you in the face of pie. Hey, or like club you. I, I'm fun. open to anything for charity. I don't like the sound of that. Well, I don't. I, I don't I'm like not. <laughs> I'm bloody well not. <laughs> you can hit me in the face with a pie. I didn't hear the part about the club until I've after the words with, were coming out I've been out hit of my in mouth. the face with a pie. Have you? Yeah. When was my, that? My buddy's birthday came up, and my buddy was real depressed. And I said, "Listen," and, and I ravaged this guy all the time verbally, just nonstop. I just kill him. And so, listen, I was like, listen, I'm, I, I beat you down all year, so it's only fair that I let you hit me in the face with this coconut cream pie. And he did, and, it was, and he enjoyed it. Was it painful? Um, it was unique. You know, I had hair back then, mm. so it would be a lot easier now without hair. You yeah. Just, just kind of eat it, wipe well, it off. Well, here's the thing, guys. If we raise, I'm throwing it down right now, if we can raise 1,000 pounds by the end of the fundraiser, then I will hit Aaron in the face with a pie. Wait, what the hell? <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. If, I, if we you, raise 200 pounds, I'll hit both. It'll work out great. You, 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 uh, well, let's just say we'll have pies on hand. You know, I wish I hadn't brought this up now in retrospect. This is this is a great idea. I can't wait to see you picking coconut cream pie out of your beard. Oh, I forgot about the beard. <laughs> well, you get a point there. So, um, there'll be much more. Uh, I guess we'll have just one think more show. Just 12 hours of this. Yeah. We'll, <laughs> if you like this. They'll pay us to stop. Yeah. Um, but uh, we'll have, we'll report more. We'll report back uh, next week. We've got one more episode to tape before Megathon and um, and uh, give you any updates. We've already raised 125 pounds. Thank you so much to all of you who have donated. Um, and uh, for those of you that are on the fence, just do it. It's for a great cause. It was very, I, I was very touched to already get some orders in. It was great. My buddy at work was stunned when I told him that. I was like, "Hey, we're we're doing a we're doing something for charity," and he was like, yeah, "Good luck." I was like, "Is he the penguin? You right. work with the penguin?" <laughs> good luck, Batman. <laughs> no, and I was like, "We already raised over a hundred pounds." He's like, "What?" And I had explained why we were raising pounds. That was a whole other story. Mm. But yes, it'll be great. Yeah, yeah. Don't just let my story peter out. You're supposed to jump in right there. Well, let's jump right in with the uh, Amiga news for this week, Aaron. Well, it's Pickens is slim. Uh oh. Let's talk more about pie. <laughs> um, pie news is always. I'll let applicable. you get your gimmick in after I'm done. There was only, only one, one thing that caught my eye this week, um, and of and course, course, there was, there was another, I, saw I saw a couple, couple of, uh, demos, demos of games in progress. Don't I didn't see anything I ever thought was worthy to report on. But I think there's some stuff coming in the pipe. You know, usually this stuff happens in the summer. It gets kind of. It's kind of a lull. Yeah, and then and then it goes up. Yeah, I also heard something about the fellow. On that was making a vampire had officially slammed the door on it. Mm-hmm. I can't verify this because I'm not in contact with the fella. I just read it on a, on a site, um, and apparently, just from what I read, and it was very similar to something I read a while back, where I thought it, he was. In, remember, we announced the death of vampire before, but it's a vampire. You can't kill it, right? But uh, apparently, they had a, a bad, another bad run of cards or whatever, and 
Uh, he just took a bath. You know, it's tough. I'll tell you, when you're an independent card manufacturer out there, I can tell you from being in the business of, of making PCBs back in the day, um, if Lexmark, printer manufacturer, runs a bad line of cards, that's okay. We make our own cards, right? But when you're having them made by a factory and you they and they come in and they're jacked up and you can't sell them, you're boned. You're yeah, eating that cost because the people mm-hmm. that made it ain't going to eat it. They don't right. give a crap. So, you know, I'll tell you, for all you people out there that are doing that sort of work, you know, more power to you. I mean, I know it's a thankless job. Everybody's pissed off all the time. You know, we don't we haven't covered the vampire much in the past uh, six months or eight months because I was hot and heavy into it back when it was first announced. And I know I've seen people that have them. They look great, and they're having a good time with them. You know, um, I'm happy with what I've got, mm-hmm. to be completely honest with you. And uh, and if I had a vampire, I would take it. <laughs> but that much said, it's not, I'm not Jones for it anymore. And it really... The news hasn't been that hot and heavy. I mean, there are always updates for them, and, and they're getting a little bit better each time. So it's a, it's a nice thing. I'm sad if it goes away. Uh, but, uh, you know, if you've got one, you're in good shape. And if you got one coming, you know, cross your fingers. And if I hear anything more concrete on it, I'll, I'll report back on it. But, yeah, you never know. Okay. Uh, so that aside, that aside um, the, the one, one wacky, wacky thing, thing I saw, I, saw, I think somebody sent this over to me, me uh, was uh, – uh, uh, all, all of a sudden, sudden this week, week it was on, on uh, I know where I read, read it, it was Indy Retro News, of course. Uh, um, so there's a new Steam item, mm-hmm. and it is a collection of Amiga and C64 games um, and little remixes of the games, and it's on Steam. Right? In fact, Boat's got it pulled up here. Read those games off there, Boat. So there's... Um, Jump Boy remake? Oh, there. These are the, these are the remakes. Uh, there's Jump Boy, Drop Sector, Pit Start, Karate, River Attack, and Sea Wolf Three. Now, I I don't know anyone that's tried this yet. Um, I see Jumpman is in there at the top there. That looks like is that pole position or something? Yeah, I think it's sort of a pole position yeah. knockoff. So hey. It's, it's awesome that the, you're getting some action out there, but wow, this game, I don't know, I just saw this pop up, I was like, Burr? Yeah. You know, so that might be cool, you yeah. know? Now, this is, uh... It's Karate is the, obviously, we very similar, or maybe it was a predecessor to what we played, Ake Plus. Uh, it's, I guess it's not being released until August 10th, but, uh, hey, you know, if it's cheap, I might check it out, because... Uh, it looks pretty good, Yeah, it? I'm all about sort of like up-res, you know, old-school kind of gameplay, and uh, this looks like something I might be interested in. This is kind of, uh, you know, like you said, it's it's IK plus, but with the different backgrounds and everything. Just, I, I, I think, think this was just, uh, I I don't know what exactly, you know, the IK, the what the, the what those games unfolded. I'm not exactly sure what their order was. Right, right. Uh, and they had different names, and they had different names in this country too. Uh, but uh, uh, maybe it was just called Karate. And I, I, I guess that was that the C64 Amiga version we're looking at there. I'm mm-hmm. not even sure. Um, you were, did you know? It's funny when these games come out. I was, I remember when I just got the Wii. Uh, they were like, yeah, Jump Boy. Okay. Uh, that looks a lot like Jumpman. Well, yeah. So all of these games, I think, are sort of clones of... Is that what yeah. we're doing here? Yeah. Look at those bullets. Um, when I when I first got my Wii, uh, I was reading somewhere. They're like, yeah, the people in Europe got... Uh, their virtual arcade had Commodore games. Did you know that? No. And they did. I ended up, huh. I obtained them. <laughs> and, and and sure enough, here was here were Commodore 64 games on the on the Wii, of mm-hmm. all things. That was really weird. So I don't, that said Epics, too. Yeah, so I guess Epics is the, is the that, publisher of this. And so this is. Oh, Boat, look at that. Yeah. It's like a River Raid clone. So yeah, this looks great, actually. I mean, that's moving fast. 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> we're, we're, for people in radio land, we're kind of having a look at these. And, and they look interesting. Again, I'm not 100% sure what we're looking at here. I'm not a C64 guy in a newsflash. And so maybe these were known clones mm-hmm. on the C64 that we just don't know about. Right. Uh, but uh, that scrolling is pretty bizarre, isn't it? Yeah. But anyway, we'll keep up to date on this one. When's it due? August, August 10th. 10th. We may have – does it have a price in there, boat? No price yet. So uh, If it's like five bucks or something – I'd be down with the clown. I might, I might get. I might give it a shot. Let's see if they've got. I'm gonna open it up in Steam here, and uh, and uh, well, when when we come back to it, when Steam launches, I'll come back and we'll we'll, we'll get a quick update on whether there's a price. Now, Bo, you had you posted something on the Google Plus this week. What was that? What was that all about? Yeah. So we were just talking about how um, you know they the Amiga had all this power to do these great arcade conversions like Rainbow Islands and games like that. I said, boy, it's a real shame that, you know, we never got a Nintendo version, or I mean an Amiga port of Mario Brothers. Great game. And lo and behold, Indie Retro News comes out with a uh, an Amiga port of um, the uh, Mario Brothers. But it's kind of funny. It's the Amiga port of the Atari XE version of Mario Brothers. Yeah, really? That yeah. Ported for, so someone, because it says unreleased. That's why. Oh, let's see here. Um, who was making this? Is it say in the article who was actually making it? Because that does look a lot like the uh, the Atari version. Yeah, I, it, now, you've played the XE version probably a hundred million times. What yeah, do you do? there, there's not a. Uh, it says oh, actually, I'm sorry, I misread that. It says that really the best home arcade version is on the Atari XE, which I concur. I have it. I have one. I have it. probably one of the rarest games I own is I have the gray cart XEGS version of Mario Brothers, which is different than the other Atari 8-bit version of Mario Brothers. I will say, I have this game for the uh, 7800, mm-hmm. and it's quite good. Mm-hmm. The 7800 version of Donkey Kong is quite good, too, and Donkey Kong Jr. I mean, the 7800, that's three of its better games, yeah. in my yeah. opinion. But anyway, this, this says that um, it was created in 1993 by Thomas Argermos Jensen, uh-huh. um, and uh, it's that no like dump of the game has ever been found, but there is some footage... Uh, that's been provided on Indie Retro News. So if you're interested in seeing that, check it out. Oh, that's a real bummer. Man. Yeah. I was hoping to get some action. Um, maybe one day it will be found and, and be released. But uh, It looks okay. Yeah. I mean, the, th- the thing about it is, again, it's, it's way under what the Amiga could do. Right. I mean, I mean the Amiga could pretty much do this pixel perfect, but, yeah. you know, this is probably a one-man show, and yeah. he's doing and the best he can. Yeah, someone was doing a clone. Yeah. I mean, it's still, it's too bad. It, look, it looks slow, that's yeah. for sure. Yeah. But still, it'd be kind of neat, and it probably wasn't completely finished. He probably hadn't tweaked it to where it'd go a little bit quicker. But yeah. Exactly. That's pretty interesting. News-wise, though, that's pretty much the long and short of it, man. I, um, what do you got for site updates, Bo? Okay, well, um, we have some uh, some different things. One is uh, if you go over to our T Public site, if I can brazenly um, kind of uh, exploit our show, uh, we have a <laughs> new poster. <laughs> we have a new poster up. The first of uh, hundred episodes, Amiga, uh, Amiga poster. Um, I want that for the arcade boat. Yeah. Uh, well, you will be getting one because I ordered one for you. Oh, um, what a and, uh, But you can get this. This is actually like a screen cap of every single one of these episodes, all 100. So uh, check that out. Uh, very cheap at 10 bucks. Um, you get to throw darts at it and then tell us which game to play. That's true. That's you can true. Get, it, get it just in time for the marathon. You can just get you some darts and ruin it. Um, in, another one. in other crafting news... Uh, Dreamcatcher has been busy. That's something you often. Uh, <laughs> Dreamcatcher 
had some, uh, I guess, some free time in the afternoon, and so he took some old clock parts and, <laughs> and, and crafted um, these different clocks. So there's a cannon fodder clock there, Simpsons, uh, some kind of a like chibi Street Fighter. Um, was that? Oh, they go back. Uh, is that is Michael? Michael Jackson. Yep. Uh, there's a Rainbow Islands uh, clock, That's a James Bond clock, of course. A sensible soccer. So, uh, if you're at all interested in purchasing these limited edition clocks from Dreamcatcher, uh, hit him up on our forums. He's and, selling uh, these clocks. I don't know if he's selling them or not, but I'm just making I'm all just, this up. I'm making all this up. He might. This might be his new business. This might professional be professional clock maker. Professional clock maker. I think an hourologist is the is the correct term for no, that. No, it's not. Yeah, it is. You just made that up, didn't you? Maybe I did. Maybe I didn't. Uh, next is uh, Dreamcatcher again. Uh, the top 106 shortest slash worst value Amiga games ever. This was great. Yeah. I looked up all my favorites to see what. <laughs> There's quite a few in here that we've played before. I know. Um, it's amazing. New York Warriors. Uh, it's amazing how many of these can be completed. Now, this is just a Obviously, tiny bit. Were better than yeah, this is just a, a tiny bit misleading because it's not like you can pop these games in for the first time and beat them at this amount. These are like world you know, like record times. Yeah. I mean, who's going to beat that that quick? Good Lord. I saw Zany golf. There's a lot of these. I was like, this is baffling. Right, How, right. Who, who so is this guy? These are kind of the world records for each of these games. And Dragon's so. Lair, it takes that long just to get into the first disc. <laughs> yeah, that, I don't think that this accounts for disc swapping or else we'd be in a whole different oh sort gosh, of deal. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Where the, that's where the value lies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> gameplay. Like this game provides 200 hours of gameplay. It's like, well, 175 or just swap. Right, um, and then he, he, you know, he writes up Protector, which is the one that that won. Uh, you can be beaten in a minute 30. So. Congratulations. Yeah, Dreamcatcher, you've done it again with just another great zany article. Um, and then finally, we've got uh, When You Wish Upon Amiga, which is, uh, we just talked about it on the, the Amiga-thon. This is the backstory about the kid that had <laughs> cancer and uh, they delivered an Amiga 500, or Amiga 1200, the comic relief pack to his house and was, he was able to spend his last days uh, playing Amiga and, and really enjoying himself. And that was sort of the inspiration for the uh, both Dreamcatch's review marathon and Amiga-thon 2017. One thing you also should mention is that he just revamped his awesome James Pond article. Oh, yeah. And this is a, you know, one thing about Amiga articles is these things are timeless. Like, really, we should just go through and repost some of them. And this is, he went, uh, he went through and, and redid all the, all the uh, graphics and the story. And so, I mean, this was, was this the first thing he ever did for us? I think so. I think this was the very first yeah. article that Dreamcast ever wrote on our site. Folks like, check this out. This guy's amazing. And I was like, oh, what the heck is James Pond? And it hit, I mean, it's the most ridiculous article I've ever seen in terms of the detail and the amount of time. And I didn't realize this was just going to be the par for the course. Right. Like, he doesn't do anything marginally. No, Dreamcatcher, he's, he's all the exact opposite of me. And me as well. <laughs> all right. So that's the sign up for this week. Um, what do you say we jump right into our game? Uh. Sleep. Don't say jump or kick. I mean, what? what yeah, we, uh, <laughs> sleepwalker. So sleepwalker. Let's talk about this weird, wacky game. Okay. So let's get the particulars out of the way for Sleepwalker. Uh, it got released in '93. Uh, it came on four discs, or also there was a CD32 version. There was a there was a uh, ECS OCS version. There was a HEA version. There was a CD32 version. They covered all the bases with this game. Um, it was done by an outfit called CTA, um, which I'll get into them in a moment. Um, it was published by Ocean, 
a one-player game. And um, the premise of this game is unique among any game I've ever played. Uh, it was. I will give the give the guys credit the uh, uh, in some for some things. Uh, it was coded by a fellow named J- uh, John Scott. John Scott, sort of an interesting cat. Isn't he in ACDC? No, that's Bond Scott. Mm. Uh, John Scott was behind a game, the game's Laser Squad, a Rogue Trooper, uh, Jay Con's World Championship Squash. Wow, and that is a must Jay, play. Because <laughs> I'm assuming this is a famous squash player. His right. name was like Jamarquai Squash. I was like, holy crap! Wouldn't it be great if it was Jamarquai Squash? <laughs> well, it wasn't <laughs> playing in that hat. His name is Con. Con. <laughs> That's what he screams every time he wins at squash. Um, I will say the rest of the people that worked this, and I'll just go over because there's not that many. Uh, the graphics guys were Nick Harding and Richard Cheek, and the same two guys also did the music. Uh, these guys never did anything else on the Amiga. The only one that did anything else was this guy, John Scott. So as I'm, as I usually do, I thought let's because I'd never heard of this outfit either. Have you have you ever heard of the um, have you ever heard of this? Uh, uh, CTA. No, of course yeah. I've I've heard of Ocean that published it. Well, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So um, these guys did not do a whole lot of stuff for, for the for the Amiga. Uh, they did other things though. They did they did Eek the Cat, which we'll get to, mm-hmm. and they also did a game called uh, their last game, ironically called Cheesy. Okay, Cheesy was a PlayStation game. Um, they were not around all that long. But uh, I did. It's it's funny. I was looking up. I was researching this guy Scott. I was always like to look at the people that made the game to see what they'd done or what or if they have any you know things to talk about with the uh, in terms of the game. Um, I actually found this guy's LinkedIn account. <laughs> oh, well, it's kind of neat. Let That's, the stalking begin. Yes, exactly. Um, so um, this guy was on a team of four. And, and 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 did these plat and did he worked on several platforms? Uh, he did Spectrum stuff and Amstrad, uh, but most of what he did was was on the Commodore back in the day. So get this, this is what I found interesting about this cat. So CTA went down; they were down quick. All right, the last game they did was cheesy. This guy went on to work for an outfit called Ravensoft. If you remember them, they did Heretic. Okay. And he was involved with them. He was a tech programmer, a senior tech programmer. Then he went to work. That's not good enough. He went to work for Epic. And he was the senior engine programmer there. And he was the owner of the audio system for the Unreal 3 engine. Wow. So no easy. So it wasn't. he was a big-time programmer. And he currently works on, uh, he does stuff with uh, the Unreal 4 engine. So he had some, he had some, uh, some action back in the day. Um. So this game was we can't really get into this game until we talk about uh the comic relief thing. Now, but what can you do you know much about that uh, the comic relief thing they do every couple of years in the UK? So, uh my understanding and most of it most of my understanding comes from the episode of the British Office where they talk <laughs> about <laughs> the comic relief. Um but uh I guess it's it's sort of a um like an all-star stand-up comedy review the benefits charity. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Um, you're, you're right, and every couple of years they get they they do some nutty stuff to raise money, uh, and they and I, I think the charity is like to go to children overseas or something like yeah. that is their is their thing, and their symbol is sort of a red nose like a clown nose. Mm-hmm. I think you can even buy these and and, and they tried them. that here last year. Do you remember that? 
I, it was uh, earlier this summer. I don't. The uh, the Walgreens, they had, uh, you know, you put your nose on, you buy a, you know, a plastic nose, and then you're doing something for charity. Yeah, I, I do vaguely recall do you that. you recall that? It was all over NBC. It was all over a Ninja Warrior. How'd it do? Well, everybody on TV was wearing a red nose that day. Oh, uh, well. So, somebody, some factory in China that's churning out these red noses is real happy. <laughs> So, <clears throat> this game has a lot of references to... Uh, now, apparently there are multiple versions of this game on the Amiga. Aside from the ones that I told you about, apparently, I guess there's some that they've taken some of the comic relief stuff out. Mm. Okay? Um, the uh, There's lots of references like tomatoes in here. You could pick up, like, kind of comedy stuff. There's a beard, and I think you could pick up a nose, some other stuff. And uh, it says that uh, one of the voices in the game, actually it's the dog's voice, is a fellow named Lenny Henry. Which I'll be honest with you, I don't know who that is. No, maybe if I saw him, I'd know him. But apparently, he's a he uh, has something to do with the uh, with the charity. So the uh, this game was released in what was called the Comic Relief Bundle. Right? They had all kinds of awesome bundles. We didn't get Jack over here. Yeah, yeah. The UK was the bundle king. So um, this bundle was pretty good. If you hear what's in it. Uh, so you get it was uh, it launched in 1993 and it was f- basically 400 pounds, right? Uh, which I don't know what that translates today, but that that's probably about right. Um, you get a, a two meg A1200 with a floppy drive, but for if you that's for 400 pounds. If you wanted to pay 600 pounds, you could have the same unit, but you'd get a two and a half inch 85 meg IDE drive which was whopping huge back in the day. Mm. 200 pounds, what a deal. And you also got uh, a special uh, comic relief edition of Amiga Format Magazine, which I actually looked through. And you also get this game. Now, was the were the hard drives, I can't picture that, were they sidecar sort of deals? The Amiga 1200, as you'll recall, has an internal IDE. Mm. And so where I've got, in mine, I've got the, uh, the uh, compact flash drive you could. This was just a. You know, my original Mega Twelve Hundred. I just had a, a, a two and a half inch uh, hard drive, and I can't remember how big it was. Probably about that size. Uh, so, um, you know, for six, you got to think six hundred bucks in ninety three. That was probably a pretty hefty chunk of change. But apparently, these packs sold well. Uh, some of the money that went from these packs went to charity, and also uh, a portion of the money that this game generated went to the to charity. Some accounts say it was all the money, but I find that hard to believe. I would say it was some of the money. Yeah. In fact, the box, the box says some. The wiki says all. I'm going to go with the box. Mm-hmm. I doubt they're going to give every bit of the money to charity on this, but you never know. So, there you go. Oh, one last thing. This got a few ports, uh, which we'll talk about. Um, it was ported to the ST, of course. Uh, the C64, which I have to say I was surprised. I didn't get to look at that one, but you have, you, we looked got, at, yeah. we'll look at that later. And the PC, which I actually had a chance to play. And then there's sort of a uh, quasi-port that went to the Super Nintendo, which we'll get into that later. So, Boat, what do you think... How do you think the best way to describe this game? Um, this is a, a game that's based upon what's come to be known as Escort. Uh, it's like a one big escort mission. It's funny. I never thought about that word. But, yeah, I guess you're right. I never thought about that. Um, you play a dog. You control a dog, uh, sort of an anthropomorphic uh, beast that walks on its hind legs. Um, <laughs> anthropomorphic beast? <laughs> 
Go ahead. I'm sorry. Carry on. Um, I don't know. When I look at that, I you just know, th- I was thinking cartoon dog, <laughs> but it shows you our mentality. Yeah. Anthropomorphic beast. Much, much, a much more detailed description. And uh, your your owner, I guess, is a boy, and the boy. <laughs> Good guess. <laughs> Good guess, boat. They're sleeping in the same room, so yeah. it's um, it's Lee and Ralph. Okay. Lee the boy, Ralph the dog. And uh, so your your boy sleepwalks, and so your job is to protect your boy from damage. Now, for some reason, if the boy wakes up, you know, it's all over. Well, you've heard the old saying that if you wake a sleepwalker, they'll screw him up. Mm, you ever heard that? Never heard that. Have you ever sleptwalked in your life? Don't think so. I have. I used mm-hmm. to suffer from sleepwalking. Did you ever get woken up? Yeah. Well, I, remember, well, oh, that no, explains I know. It. I never oh. did. Oh, take off. <laughs> but like one time, I'll give you an example. This is a, sli- a sidebar, but it's pertinent to this game. I used to sleepwalk, and one time my mom said he, they found me in the basement. I'd walk down the stairs mm-hmm. to my old house. And one time, and this was when I was in like high school, I woke up in my backseat of our car. Wow. You know, and I thought to myself, my whole, I remember as I woke up, I kept thinking, boy, they're going to be surprised. And then I woke up and I was like, what in the hell am I doing here? <laughs> my buddy Neil, who has a Frankenstein like build, he used to sleepwalk naked around his neighborhood. That's, that's yeah, frightening. Live with that. Yeah. So carry on. Now, um, boy, just after that story, I don't know how to continue. <laughs> um, so the, the game is basically you, you've got this very, very large environment in which you're, you're walking around with and you're trying to negotiate your boy to the exit. Um, you do this by one of two actions, basically. You're either behind the boy pushing him and getting to where you can actually kick him <laughs> so he can you know go to, to higher levels or you are in front of the boy trying to hold him back as he steps away from doom. Um, so that's that's basically the, the the controls of the game. You know, you have up is jumps your dog. If you press the button, the dog will either whack things with a club or kick the boy, depending on what he's doing. Um, the the controls. Well, I, I don't want to talk about what we think of the game yet. The, the controls are. I mean, they're they're very basic. I will say that they, you know, they're adequate for what you are tasked to do, whether. You, they're, they're well implemented or not you have all the tools at your disposal that you need to get your boy to the end allegedly so if i may go ahead the uh the meat of this game is you're trying to get your your boy as boats calling him you what tried, would you call him your master would be a better way to put it I think. i'm not comfortable with when that. i say i'm taking my boy out it seems a little weird to me but that much said, you, that's a good app description. Your boy, so your boy is an is a sleepwalking idiot, and so <laughs> you're not. You know, no you one, don't want to call him boy, but you have no trouble calling him no, an idiot. No one sleep. You ever notice? No one ever sleepwalks in like an empty field or or down a gentle slope. They're always in like construction yeah, sites and crap. Yeah. And your boy is no no different. Constant peril. So your the first screen starts out on like a, a basically like rooftops, and it and so you're if you don't watch it, the kid will, you know, plummet. He will he will run over things that hurt him. Uh, your boy can take a goodly amount of damage. Basically, there's a bar at the top, like Boat said, and it tells you how much asleep your guy is effectively. Sort of like a life bar. And if the boy wakes up, you lose. If the boy gets hurt, you lose. There are some places that, like, for example, the boy can fall off a building. No problem. He'll lose some of his sleep bar, but he's good to go. He just keeps on trotting, right? Uh, if he falls in the water, you're done. If he lands on, like, certain obstacles, you're done. Like fire. 
stuff like that. Mm -hmm. It'll it'll take care of you. Um, so your object is like Boat said to push, pull, kick this kid around. If like for example, and there's other things the dog does, and they're very clever. Like he'll walk across the bridge, and the bridge will break right in the middle. And so the dog, in a very cartoon way, sort of grabs both sides of the bridge, and the boy just walks over him. You know, stuff like that. There are parts of this where the dog inflates himself like a balloon. You know, there he he does a bunch of crazy stuff to try to keep this kid from hurting himself. Um, the uh, the actual what drew me to this game was just the concept sounded like a lot of fun. Um, it's very I'm a big fan of the cartoons. We've went into that. We've had many a discussion on cartoons, and so I like cartoons. And this is right out of like an old Tom and Jerry or a Bugs Bunny. Mm -hmm. But you, you know? weren't crazy about the art style in this. I wasn't. Uh, this game opens with a uh, like an animated. Uh, scene with with dialogue from the dog. Uh, it's almost like an internal monologue, I think, mm -hmm. from the dog. Uh, and I didn't like the way the kid has no nose. That's always <laughs> that's always weird to me. And it's funny the kid doesn't look really like he does in the game. The dog just is just as generic a dog. And I will say this carries over into the game. We were talking again. We're gonna go back to. I'm trying to think of characters we've played on the Amiga that had a lot of character to them. Super Frog. Whether you like the game or not, had character. Zool had character. Mm -hmm. Like. Uh, Lionheart had character. Don't say it. Uh, Bonk, you know, BC Kid, he had character. This thing, this dog, has some character, but he's just drawn kind of generically. Just, I mean, they don't give him a lot of... Uh, you think you could have done more with the dog, in my opinion. And the kid, it just doesn't do anything but walk around sleeping. Now, it's it's funny to kick the kid. It's kind of funny to watch him fall. His nightshirt kind of flies up as he plummets, you know. Uh, but... Uh, there could have been a little more. I would like to have heard bit like wackier sound effects, like more cartoony stuff. Like you remember in, in uh, Zool and and Super Frog, they always had these crazy. You know, remember the theme from Zool? Was that awesome? Had those, all those crazy sound effects. It's been so long. We'll yeah. have to we'll have to play that on. Well, the I mean, I just I thought that was cool. You know, and this this game kind of doesn't have. You think for a comedy game, there'd be a little more comedy. It's it's still pretty funny. Don't get me wrong, but I was looking for a little bit more. And the art style and the cutscenes, I didn't dig. There, enough said there. So, uh, this game has a bunch of different levels, and but the levels are huge. They're big enough to require a map. I mean, they're they're massive levels. Um, I think there are six, and each level has like a bunch of sub levels. So, we'll get to the first problem I have with this game. This the one of the things that plagues this game. They should have taken a, a note from a game, say like Lemmings, or something. The first couple levels should be quick levels that are easy, or uh, Lost Vikings, another one, and you can get through them just, so you can get an idea of what the hell you're doing. All right, this game really does. There's no like time to figure it out. I mean, it really it gets hard, like almost instantly. Mm -hmm. As soon as you're off that first rooftop, you're running around like a maniac, trying to stop this kid from mauling himself, and the the it's the action is fast and furious. I mean, this game is uh. You have to have ultimate control over that dog to to uh, um, to get the kid where you want to go. Um, an example: There's a portion in the very beginning of the first level where you have to guide your boy to a, a, a point where he has to get go across water on a barrel that floats by, and so you've got to do you've got to shut some doors that will hurt him before you get there, and you have to hold him back until the barrel arrives. Then you have to let him go, and, and if you time it right, he'll walk on the barrel and, and he'll walk across the water to another point. All right? 
here's this is one of the Achilles heels of the game is that a lot of the game is spent as frantic as it is, a good chunk of the game is spent waiting for the boy to get somewhere, because it's too hard if you push him too close to where you need to be. You got to think you've got to be in front of the boy and you're pushing him, so you're behind him, which means you got to stop pushing him, jump over him, get in position, mm-hmm. and you get to the point where like you've screwed up so many times that like you're scared to try to be that aggressive. You know, and like when we were playing the playthrough, I had I was having a pretty good run, but I was getting too aggressive, and it, it, it makes you twitchy, panicky. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's very difficult to stay ahead of the kid. Plus, you have to mem- practically memorize the obstacles. It, it reminded me quite a bit of like say like a dragon's lair in some ways because there you have to know exactly what's coming, and you have to know exactly what you're supposed to do. I mean, there are some parts where you could kick the guy across, you could form your own, you could be the human bridge. Should you push the kid? Should you not push the kid? It, it's it it's very it can be very frustrating uh, to to figure that out. Now, on top of that, this is another game with up for jump, and I can't tell you how annoying this game is. One that should not have up. For, I mean, I know you don't have a choice, but uh, up for jump it makes it hard because you've got you're running around so much and the dog is so fast. That it makes it you need that pinpoint control, uh, and we'll get into uh, we played the Super Nintendo version of this, which actually has a jump button, but that caused me to have other problems, which we'll get into later. Um, the uh, controls on this aren't aren't bad as such. It's just it's so difficult that it. I mean, I guess the controls. Would you say the controls are good? I mean, it's they are, but they're not. I mean, is it is whose fault is it? Is it the game's frantic pace, or is it the controls? Okay, fault? well, I'll tell you some of the things that the game could have done better with the with the with the limitations that they already have. One is if they would have made down somehow make the boy automatically just pass in front of you. So if you need to go from in front of the boy to behind the that boy, that would have been great. You You're don't right. have to jump. The second thing <laughs> is a good idea. They should have made the kick action work when you don't have any forward momentum so if you just stand in front of the boy and you press the button nothing will happen you have to actually be pressing the joystick in either right or left direction with the boy in front of you to make the kick occur Um, that makes it really difficult uh, when you're trying to make sort of precision movements with the boy yeah you're right and and uh, and one of the problems i had and early on and and i'm sorry folks when I, I say this, I tried my best to get somewhere in this game, and I could get I could get off the first level, uh, you know, with some regularity. Although it was, ne- it's hard to build consistency. It's another game which is tough to build consistency at. Now it wasn't like Super C where the game was just broken. It's just extremely hard. Um, but uh, the uh, it it was ridiculously difficult to get the boy, you know, to where you wanted to go. Especially when you like boat said you had a precision jump. There are some jumps in this that are nasty, and when you miss them, you're screwed. Like, and another thing about this game, much like I say, a Dragon's Lair is like when you die, it doesn't always start you at the beginning. Sometimes it starts you a little partially way through, but even partially a way through means you've got to go through a bunch of crap again, and it's very frustrating to go back through this puzzle stuff again because it's just so tedious. Here's another round of waiting for the kid to show up, and. This game has the the kind of setup, the kind of level design that when, if you make a mistake, even at the very end of the level, you could have to start completely over. The boy could just fall all the way down, and that is ultimately frustrating. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just and it made me. I had I played this game three or four times during the week, 
And every time I played it, it ended the exact same way. Me getting mad, me punching the desk, screaming, being very angry. And I told Bo, normally I'm a pretty laid-back guy, but this game really pissed me off. And, and, and not in a and it was a non-fun sort of pissed off. I mean, it just it's very frustrating and tedious, I guess would be the word I would use to describe it. Um, and I can tell you, I really wanted to like this game. I like so much about it. Like I said, the the uh, concept is top shelf. The levels aren't the levels aren't horrible, you know, but they're very tough. Mm-hmm. Uh, the I wish there was a little more room for error, and at least early. I mean, the, the early levels aren't I will say are bad because you should be able to get enough time to figure out what you're doing. Right. Uh, I also think. I mean, I understand thematically why the game had to start where it did. You know, the kid jumps out of his window, so the first level is he's in the city. But the city is so drab and so bad looking when you compare it with the later levels, like the level that we're watching now on the video where they're in the jungle. And, um, you know, when the, in with Eek the Cat, they start the game, you know, in this level. And I think it's for a reason. It's because there's the environment. There's a lot more things to interact <laughs> with in the environment. Um, the, the level seems easier. At least it was easier for me. Um, the stuff like the giraffe, you know, bumping off the head of the giraffe and stuff like that. I mean, it's cute. Those are cute touches that you don't get at all in that first level. Well, I will say that I, I, having not having the ability to play this game very far, I once again had to resort to watching someone else play it. And a lot of the levels are sort of a lot alike. Mm-hmm. I would say that as well. I mean, and a lot of the same. Like I said, you get to the point where they they introduce some new concepts for the dog, you know, uh, but. Uh, a lot of the levels are a lot of light. Now, they, they do break up the levels with the, sort of this, some bonus games. Balloon, I mean, and I'm going to tell you, having not played the bonus game and having watched them, I looked at, did, did you see the bonus game played? It was, I had no idea what in God's name was happening. <laughs> yeah, and it didn't look easy either. It didn't no, look it like didn't. a fun bonus it, no, game. And it was long. <laughs> yeah. It's not like the bonus game where it takes like 15 seconds. You're like, oh, I got, you know, an extra man. Right, right. This was like, you know, I play, you know, I watched them play it. And I was just, I had, I guess there's some funniness there, but. I don't know what in the hell was going on. Me neither. You Me know, neither. I downloaded the instructions and read them, and I was just like, I was, I don't know. I don't know what the hell that was. Uh, but uh, they're in there, and <laughs> there's bonus levels. I think there's one after every you know major level you finish. But, you know, missed opportunity on this one. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to see this game revisited, to, to be honest. This is another one. Uh, I, I think, now we should, let's before I go into what I'd like to see done to it, let's talk about the... Uh, Un, the I guess I don't want to call it a sequel, but the remake, if you will. Uh, this game came out uh, in for the Super Nintendo. Uh, the same outfit, CTA Developments. They released this game for the uh, for the Super Nintendo. However, it went it underwent a complete change, as it was now called. It was 1994, and it was released uh, with an Eek the Cat license. Now, we me and Boat talked about this earlier. I don't know Jack Squad about Eat the Cat. But I, I did find out that uh, um, Eat, the Cl- Eat the Cat was a Fox morning cartoon, uh, which is funny because I was watching Fox in the 90s because I used to watch the old Batman and I used to watch um, Spider-Man and X-Men. So I don't remember this. I don't honestly don't remember this particular show. But, I mean, I remember it, but I never watched it. So I, don't, I didn't know it was on Fox. So anyway, uh, these guys said, to hell with it. We'll, put, we'll, we'll slap a new license on it and see how we do. So they released the Super Nintendo version of it, Eek the Cat, and um, tweaked it. Now, it's not a port from the Amiga. 
It's not any really. It's, it doesn't look anything like the Amiga version. It's definitely a, a different platform. They mm-hmm. they use some of the power of the Super Nintendo. It looks it looks okay. I mean, I thought it looked okay. Um, the uh, they use multiple buttons, uh, which is right. Uh, so in the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the Super Nintendo version, uh, B is jump and A is your uh, kick slash club thing. Yeah. Now I'll tell you, having I, I had not played this until we played it for the Amigos Plays video, and um, it was very it was very uh, discombobulating to have a jump button. It was driving me absolutely insane, and it made me stink at the game. But that much said, I was able to actually beat the first level on my like what third try. Mm-hmm. Uh, this game looks is more colorful. Uh, it's uh, um, in the first level you're escorting an old woman, and I know late I watched some video on this, and I know at the, on the last level you escort a walking present around, which I don't know what that means. Maybe <laughs> it must be a show sort of thing. It, yeah. uh, but uh, um, it's uh it's otherwise it's the gameplay is exactly the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, you kick and and uh, block the old woman and then and, and and do the you know same exact stuff. Like Boat said, they sort of went they didn't start on the city. They started in in on like a jungle level, which is I think it's the second level in the Amiga version. And it's just as hard. I mean, it plays. It's eerily similar, isn't it? I mean, mm-hmm. it should be, I guess, but it. it in the Amiga version and the Super Nintendo versions play very, very much the same with the exact yeah. same, you know, pains in the butt. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what, what did you think of this one? Yeah, it's it's kind of interesting because they did away with almost all of the elements of the HUD. Um, you know, there are things to collect in the Amiga version <laughs> down there in the corner, and those those don't exist. The only kind of bar that you get in the Super Nintendo version is your sleep bar. Yeah. You know? um, the music was pretty good. Yeah, it sounded it, like it sounded a lot like his boat pointed out. Tell him what it sounded oh, like. Oh, they, so there's a reggae tune playing, um, and it, it sounds just like the uh, the cannon fodder theme. Yeah. War is <laughs> we never were been singing so along. Yeah. So, um, and I think that um, on the whole, it just it's another c- kind of exemplar of when people developed for the Amiga, one team developed on the Amiga, and then brought their game to a console. It seems like, and I don't. It, probably a lot of this has to do with the you know this probably came out a little bit later when do, do you have a date for 94 okay so it's two years two years one. afterwards one year afterwards they they put in some things that they might have learned from other <laughs> console developers like actually having a tune playing in the background well again the cd32 version i think does have uh red hat was it called red well, red hat red sound, red, book red, audio. red book thank you that red just hat. means the quality is better i mean i don't know we'll, we'll we'll have to we'll have to see if we can find a place yeah that's one thing when we when we look at some of these games like a lot of times they don't have the sound that they would have had if you had the disc i looked at the aga version and mine didn't have any sort of music so i don't know what that means but did yours have the tune that played at the beginning it had that okay yeah. so yeah it might be Maybe. and that tune was pretty good yeah i, I like that i wish they would have just let that roll um but anyway uh i think that eek the cat is a better game but it's not only because it's you know obviously eat the cat is not some awesome property but maybe the developers just kind of they had more to work with as far as the controls go and i think they had, he's i think he's better than ralph he has more i think he's got more personality than ralph you really you're down on ralph i'm not i'm not 100%. Well, I mean, of all the great cartoon dogs and that's where we get ralph <laughs> well, that's the problem is there's a lot to look up to with with dog cartoon dogs, i will say so. i sympathize with ralph i want to take that kid and chuck him off a building myself <laughs> which didn't take much wanting because he was more than happy to just leap off right 
Um, but you know, I think it's a combination of having better controls and also learning maybe from their their mistakes or just learning about the programming of this kind of a game that they were able to improve on some things. So I'm glad it exists. It's a neat it's a neat thing where it's the same game but not the same game. But uh, now I I played. Uh, I had a chance to sit down and play the PC version. This, believe it or not. I was I was loafing around the net, and sure enough, there's a uh, there was a website out there that had you could play it on like a DOS box out of your browser. So I gave it a whirl, and it was uh, it was identical to the to the Amiga version, pretty much. I pl- I used the keyboard to play it, and I had just exactly as much lo- success. <laughs> so so you, you can say what you want about it. I was surprised. I, it's, I'm interested to see that C64 version. It. Uh, it definitely is the most different looking of the bunch. Yeah, obviously, you know, the, the color palette just isn't there on the C64. Um, you know, the sprite is smaller. Um, the game seems to run just a little bit faster. Um, oh, God. Than the, uh, yeah, which is not what you want in a game like this. Um, you notice the ST version of this is we're looking at a comparison. It's got, like, a god sky in the back. That's what yeah, it looks like. Yeah, it? it's very, uh, yeah, like a like a weird sun, combination sunrise and sunset. I don't know. Um, but anyway, the the ports that I didn't see the DOS version, or I would have pulled that out too. But uh, it's, the, I mean, it looks a lot like the Amiga version. Yeah, the, so. the, the, the ST version and the Amiga version look pretty much the same. Uh, the ST version actually, I think, looks slightly better. Um, it's a, a little bit more colorful. Um, but, uh, the sky is anyway, but in the life bar, you know, the sleep bar is different. It's, the game it's is, colorful, the Amiga version is very brown. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And it, not on pretty much every level. There's a lot of brown. And that's, you know, that could be a fun, that's not necessarily a, a you know, a de- to the detriment of the system. Maybe it was just programmed that way. And they just decided to do things different on the ST. Of course, the C64, it looks like an eight bit game. I mean, it's pretty impressive that the levels appear to be identical, but you know your sprite is basically two or three colors. Yeah, actually, so. it doesn't look that bad. No, though. it looks no. quite play. I'm just wondering if it's any good. And well, it's funny. Sometimes C64 games are more playable. I'd have right. to go there and try. And I think that that's the case with the oh, yeah w- with this. Um, but maybe we'll, maybe I'll try it out. It is the see. exact same level setup yeah. though as we look at it. I mean, <laughs> well, I've had that happen a few times. But yeah, yeah it, it it looks very similar. Um, so the uh, the bottom of the tr- I like we can just sum it up. You know, a great concept, uh, um, a difficult... I mean, I will say this. I'll give CTA some credit. This The concept was great. The ability to pull this off, it would be tough for the best of companies, I think. This is a difficult... This might work better in a lemming-style format where you have a mouse and you watch the guy walk around and you move your guy to certain places with a mouse, sort of like a lemmings type of affair where you can see more of the map that was another thing that was frustrating mm-hmm. i mean uh you it's just you have to remember where he's well going. this game is i mean if you take the dog out this game is essentially lemmings with one person well it, it, it's yeah but it's, it's exactly, an action game though but it, i mean if you take the dog out it's literally lemmings well, if you take the dog out, there's no game. Well, yeah, it is. You, you, I mean, you know, it's if you, one if lemming. You, if you, yeah, if you create, if you gave the dog some sort of a mouse control where you could drop well, him where you yeah, wanted, yeah, I suppose you're right. I, I'm just trying to make think of ways that this thing. Control I don't better. think that this is uh, like I said. I, I think if they would have made those two changes, let you change positions on the kid without having to jump, 
and made the kick activate without having to hold forward, it would make a world of difference. Now, would it be better if you could see a little bit more of the map, you know, if they would have zoomed out just a little bit? Well, you it, could get a map, that come, but I mean, it's, it's pointless. Yeah, and, and it also would have made the game, maybe it would have made the game too easy if you could see, you know, more of the obstacles in front of you. I also I forgot to mention that often, and I don't know if this happened to you, there were actually two more things. One, I would lose the kid mm -hmm, a lot. Yeah. And so you're running, and you're like, oh, please, Lord. Right. Please hope he's not doing something stupid. And you, I would just run all over the levels. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you would bounce on something, and it would bounce you up a couple levels. You're like, oh, no. Yeah. Where, what do I do? And what would have been great is if they would have just had, like, an arrow on the screen pop that up. That would have helped because yeah. the map is not good. And then another thing that would happen uh, quite often is there's an animation. It, this happened a lot on the PC version. It happened to me sometimes on the Amiga, but most of the PC – they had an animation where you're, if you stop on a ledge, mm -hmm. your dog would be like, whoa, whoa, right, whoa, and he'd right. fall over. Well, let me tell you something. It takes that animation like five seconds to run. In yeah. the meantime, that little punk is just right trotting right you. along. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to die, sucker. Yeah. You know, screw you, dog. I and that was real frustrating. Yeah. But losing the kid, it was the worst, especially when you were real close to finishing. Man, when that little jerk runs off, I was just like, oh, son of a gun. Yeah. You know, but again, I mean, that's, part of the game i guess but I, I i something tells me that if this game had a little more thought had been put in the design i think you'd cut these levels in half you know what i'm saying make them or at least at the beginning mm -hmm. uh make them a, i mean the first level should have been brain dead easy yeah yeah just when you make you it that tough pulls. you're screwing up yeah you know and it's the amiga I, again we just must suck as gamers maybe people although i've read a lot of personal reviews of this game that say it's too freaking hard mm -hmm. you know it's too hard yeah so there you go. So reviews. Let's have a quick look, shall we? Um, this game got a bunch. So um, I, this game received pretty positive marks, to be honest with you. Um, here, you want to read this real quick? Yeah. So um, overall, let's see. Uh, Amiga Format gave this an 89. Uh, Amiga Joker a little bit lower at 74. Uh, in fact, the Amiga Joker was the lowest score that uh, that. It got a lot of these magazines waited until '94 to even review this thing. So, um, let's see. The one, another big Amiga magazine, uh, gave it 84. So, yeah, pretty pretty high reviews for a, a platforming game late in the Amiga's life. When you look at some of the other ones that we've seen, that they really just went to town on tearing them apart. Yeah, you know, I I can see why this game would review well. You know, what I'm saying um, because it, it's a unique game and it's got good graphics. You know, we haven't really gotten into the graphics a whole lot, but I mean, they're, the kid is animated beautifully. Uh, the dog's wacky antics when he does them are pretty wacky, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, but uh, uh, it, it, we've re reviewed a lot of games that that got by on a lot of the way they look, and I said, and this one probably also got by a little bit on the uniqueness of it because it is unique. But you know, that's pretty much it. Uh, so eBay on this. Um, most of what I found, in fact, everything I found was was that was the this thing was released in a pack or a compilation with Pinball Fantasies. Uh, Weird. CD3. Yeah, well, it was a CD32 release, and um, looks like these things are going for about well, as you, of course, there's none in the states. Again, this is another game I doubt got an American release. Uh, I never saw. I couldn't find any any uh, inkling that had been that had been uh, NTSC version of it. Mm -hmm. um, you're looking at somewhere between thirty-five and fifty-five bucks. That's a compilation of the CD32. I didn't see any boxed versions that were up right now. Uh, 
it may be a it, I mean it sold pretty well from what I was trying to look for sales numbers or, or to see how much they raised for charity and I couldn't find any mm-hmm. <laughs> much like every t- other time I try to find sales numbers in the Amigo I'll tell you the best thing I ever saw for sales was that article on the on our page right where it had like you know uh, 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 and where it had like <laughs> eBay sales and I mean, but in terms of actually trying to find software sales even the units moved I can't ever find any of that stuff. and you know it's funny the I think the video game industry is so much different than any other, like with film you always know box office yeah. numbers like that's what they use to market the film but in video games it's always been so secreted even now like npd numbers you you have to subscribe to their service to get it and if you get it you're not allowed to tell anybody you know only the companies are allowed to say hey we sold a million units you know they're the only people that, that release that it information it's ridiculous actually yeah, it is it, ridiculous and i don't know how it was back in the day but it must have been very it must have been pretty similar because I, I like I said, I've looked so many times. I've I've talked to a bunch of other people that have just tried to just try to find numbers. It's funny about how much of the history of this stuff is just gone. Mm-hmm. I mean, you'll and I mean, who would like to know? Like, how many numbers? How many people bought Shadow of the Beast two or three? Right. Or how many people bought Sleep or you know, Sleepwalker? You know, it would be neat just to know. Okay, did it move a thousand units? Did it move a hundred thousand? And which I, unlikely. I, I think that maybe some of it. And of course, this happens with all forms of media, not just video games. But you know, sometimes things go to one retailer and they don't ship, and so like you know, they'll be shipped to you know another retailer and get the cut. You know, the cut out, and they yeah. sell them at a discount. And maybe the the sales from those kind of retailers aren't tracked. But again. You know, this doesn't seem to be a problem in the music industry. You know, you always know how much, how many albums are sold at least before Napster and all that stuff. But, um, but yeah, I wish that video games were different, but they're not. Yeah, and if you're looking for this on eBay, the, the prices we quoted with for the compilation, the stuff that I've seen sell in the past couple of months, of course, all in the UK and Europe, you're looking at, I mean, the sales prices I've seen are somewhere in the ballpark of 20 30 bucks for the box set. If you can find it, there's none up right now, but... If you're patient, they'll probably pop. Aaron, we've got some questions. All right. Uh, so, uh, if oh, you're... wait. Before you get into this, okay. what, do you, what do you give the game? Thumbs up, thumbs down? What do you think? I mean, is it one you come back to? or is it, it's Part of me really wants to be good at it. Mm-hmm. I just don't know if I've got the ability. I've got to give it... Boy, this is really a tough one for me. I it's, mean... It's borderline. It's, you, it's borderline. We had the same opinion on this one, yeah, I think. Yeah. I, I, I don't want to give it a thumbs up. But I can't really give it a thumbs down because I don't think it's a bad game. I think this is a thumb squarely midway. So clever. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So uh it's 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 worth checking out at it's least the, on YouTube. It's the Mr. Dude's wild ride of yeah. sleepwalking games. They took a concept that was interesting and unique and then they sort of made it weird. Yeah, absolutely. And almost impossible to play. <laughs> um so questions. Uh I put a question out on twitter um saying you know if anybody had any questions and you can always email us at questions at amigospodcast.com if you've got a question for us to answer on the show or can they twitter us too you can tweet us however you want to get in however you want to get in touch before you get in these questions i want to mention something did you notice this week i fired up the twitter machine Mm -hmm. and actually tweeted a couple things i saw that unusual for me I'm trying. You're breaking in. Everyone to... else is playing with Twitter. I've always thought Twitter was garbage, human garbage. But trying to play the game, yeah. get in there, and so I'm trying to be more Twittery. You can follow all your favorite wrestlers on there. Although also, all I, took, in there. I took time to badmouth our friends over at Retro, <laughs> Retro Asylum for their Coleco review of Donkey Kong, and they badmouthed Smurf, Smurf Rescue. I was appalled at Did that. they respond? Yeah. They they and also sort of badmouth Donkey Kong. They were like, "Well, we didn't really badmouth it, but the controls are no good." And I was like, "Man!" 
I love that game in ColecoVision. I mean, in America, Donkey Kong, ColecoVision, the best. Like, mm-hmm. that was, when that came out, everybody was like, oh, look at that. Right. You know, that's the best version of Donkey Kong. Yeah. And Smurf, Smurf is great. If you're, I mean, you have to get into it. Once you get past the first couple of levels, it gets more interesting. We'll have to play some on Amiga hey, Thon 2017. Smur- Smurfy. I'm, but anyway, I'm trying to do better, Boat. Okay. Well, otherwise, Boat will beat me. Welcome to Twitter. Oh, yeah. Thanks. Um, Robert Means writes, What do you guys think of modern Amiga OS-like OSs, <laughs> like AROS or Morph OS? Do you think that they're worth running or are merely for hobbyists? Yeah, but what do you think of these modern OSs for the Amiga? I'd be interested to hear your take. Well, I think that they squarely land, and these are things for hobbyists. Um, if you are a serious computer user of any stripe, um, <laughs> I think that if you're using um, software for work, if you have to use a computer for work, um, it's going to be a real headache. I'm sure that it's possible, and I'm sure there are people out there that make it work. But the amount of time that you have to invest, I feel this way about Linux to a certain extent, although there are many people that will, you know, that will swear by Linux and are very adamant about their Linux usage. Send your email to boat. But, uh, yeah, you can send your hate mail to me. But, you know, to me, you know, I want to be able to get the job done. I want to be able to get it done quickly (laughs) with the least amount of resistance possible. Um, For a long time, I was a Mac user. Um, and when it became possible for me to do all the things that I was doing on the Mac, on the PC, uh, when, you know, sort of platform specific releases started to be not such a big thing, I switched over to the PC because I can do everything that I want to do on the PC with the least resistance possible. Now that said, is it a bad thing that these hobbyists OS OSs, that's a hard phrase to say exist? No. Um, I think it's awesome that you can there's like a modern day equivalent to Amiga OS and people are doing cool things with it. It's fun to mess around with. It's fun to see what kind of homebrew <laughs> software is being developed for the platform. It's cool to figure out ways to interface these machines with the internet or with, you know, modern day operating systems. I love all that stuff. Uh, hobbyist. That's, that's what, that's what retro computing is all about. You know, it's, it's an awesome hobby. Hmm. I have to disagree with you there, boat on a couple things. Some of the stuff you said I agree with. In terms of the uh, modern OSs on the the uh, modern Amiga OSs, I think they have a they're definitely a hobbyist gimmick. But I think uh, we're not getting that new Amiga anytime soon. Uh, what we are getting are um, new computers that run these these OSs on them, and I think they're in, they have an important place in a future for Amiga. Um, I think much like the Vampire and and these Super Accelerator cards have an important place because these are going to be your next generation of Amigas, your uh, um, these new computers that have that are running these OSs. That's as close as the Amiga, you know, hardcores are going to get to a new Amiga release. And so, as they as these OSs mature, they've got something to mature to. I guess is what I'm saying. You've got something you could run because let's face facts: you can take a computer and build it and say this is an Amiga. Uh, but if you put Windows on it or even Linux, it's not really an Amiga. It's something else. At least you're putting an, uh, an Amiga OS on it, on, and it, and it's built for that OS from the ground up. And you can say, listen, this is this, this the newest, the greatest thing for the Amiga. And, and then, hey, once you've got it built, see what you can do with it. So in that way, I think there's a, there's a reason for them to exist. That's outside of the hobbyists. 
because you never know something could catch on. Maybe the, you know it's always good to get some alternative OS is going to. Also, I don't agree with you with Linux. I think Linux is more important now than it's ever been, and I've never been a big Linux guy. Uh, but uh, Windows has have uh, their walled garden is nearing completion. It won't be much longer before Windows OS is going to be just like uh, the Mac. Or and when I say that, I don't mean that in a bad way for the Mac, but I mean uh, uh, Apple effectively. You know, they ran the show on your Mac. They, you know, they they did it all. The uh, the ability of the PC. Now, when you say they did it all, what do you mean? They had a night. They got to the point, right? The newer Macs. It's, I'll look at the iOS as an example. Okay, well, iOS is not the same as Mac OS. I understand, but what I'm saying is, well, Android's the same way too. Okay, so and, and, yeah. And P, I guess a better way to put it. Let me back off the Mac. The PC Windows PCs are becoming like phones, walled garden. Right, you and they starting. They've already got the OS out now, where you have to purchase everything through a Windows store. Okay, um, that's not good. That's a bad thing, and, that, and it was inevitable. You know, it was inevitable as the girl Doctor Who. It was going to happen. Just a matter of how long they're going to wait until they punch it down. Windows 10s, folks. It's the girl Doctor Who. Hey, 10s, very good boat. And so, uh, an operating system like Linux uh, that is, you know, not controlled. Is is important. They've done a good job. I, I tried Linux years ago, and I was I just couldn't get it. I, and I didn't. Uh, younger me would have just been like, "Screw it, let's get in here and fool with it." But older me doesn't have the time or the patience to screw with stuff. I've been running Linux for the past year or two uh, on a couple of my computers, and I really like it. Uh, it's it's a good operating system. It's solid. It does the things. I, now, much like you said, you had to move from the Mac to the PC. You could get the same stuff. That was what I was waiting for in Linux is to get the same sort of. I want this. I wanted to be able to do the same things I could do in the, on the Windows without having to run Windows. Mm-hmm. And it's it's there. It's very close. It's it's not there for me. There are still like there's no Adobe on Linux. You mean like a Photoshop? Like, like everything. That? Like well, everything that I use. The, obviously, and this, the the alternatives are not there. I understand. By a long shot. We ob- and and you're you're doing different things than I do. Yeah. Okay. And there's no doubt. But for, but I, I think it's on the way. Yeah. I think it's getting more support. I think. And it, the minute that let, I th- okay, the minute that you can run Adobe stuff, Finale, which is a music notation program that I need, uh, really those two things then I'll seriously look at Linux. I mean, and, and the thing is, I understand where you're coming from, but, I mean, we could both agree on this. Um, Linux is an important, and to a certain degree, the o- Amiga OS, is they're important things to have in production and being supported because you really need that alternative out there if things get hairy. Right. I don't like the Windows 10. I don't like the way Microsoft has done a lot of stuff, I've, in fact, and they've kept making it worse. And I don't like the, I don't like the fact that I can't control updates. I don't like the fact... That there's all this software that I can't turn off. I don't like the fact that I can't stop things from loading. Mm-hmm. I don't like the fact that I can't get into certain areas that I used to be able to get into. It's irksome. Yeah, and it's, it's I intrusive. That. Sure. And um, I've neared my limit on it. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it's I, sad because there's a lot of aspects of Windows 10 I really like. And I, but I think that you know any any new 
kind of movement within computer software, it has to start out as a hobbyist thing. Like Linux at one point was a guy, you know, no, you're, you're and, right. and so Linux has grown up and fully matured <clears throat> now, obviously, you know, maybe there will be some reason for these Amiga operating systems to, to continue and grow. Um, and then they'll, they'll reach the stage where they're no longer hobbyists. But I think if you, if you just look at the amount of people that are into this thing, you know, they can't be anything other than a hobbyist platform. Well, and uh, something else, when it comes to the Amigo S, is I've, I've literally had a cup of coffee with them. So I can't sit here and say they're, I don't know how they, how well they run, how well they do. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't know. Mm-hmm. So, and I guess that's the short answer to the question. I don't know if they're what they are. Yeah. But I mean, I like the idea that they're out there. They make me happy. Me too. Me too. Great question. <laughs> Thank you, Robert. Um, our last question comes from our very own chat moderator, Pishbot. I know him. Okay, and you'll love this question. If you could own any arcade machine, which one would you choose? Any arcade machine. Well, we'd have to differentiate between what I would personally want and what I would would be valuable. Okay? And I'm going to leave valuable alone. Okay? Um, Because, you know... Discatron Environmental is valuable and would be awesome, by mm-hmm. the way. Don't get me wrong. Uh, or a regular Tron, which I own briefly uh, in a working state. But I, and I've men- I'm sure I've mentioned this before, but I would love to own a dedicated zookeeper. Uh, it's a game I love. It's amongst my favorite games, and it's uh, I, it, does, you don't, it doesn't feel the same when you emulate it. And uh, I haven't played it for so long, I'm not sure I even know what that means anymore. But... Uh, that one would be at the top of my list. Uh, um, also, at the t- near the top would be one of the LaserDisc games, probably Dragon Slayer, because I love it so much. Uh, I've played it so much back in the day. I already own a Donkey Kong. It would be up there because I love it so much. Um, you know, again, I love Tron. I sort of miss Tron, but it was a monster of a machine. It was real tough to keep up. So, but it would be up up in that up in that area too, just because it's such a unique looking game. Plus, I enjoy it. and It doesn't control right when you play it at home. Mm-hmm. What about you? Uh, I'm going to go a different direction. Um, you know, when I hear arcade machine, I think about all the machines you could find at an arcade, and uh, <laughs> I'd love to have an old '60s EM ball bowler. One of those, you know, the little they have the little balls. Yeah. And it's like it's like a mini bowling alley. You could get them, but well, I, in fact, I know a guy at Huntington. It was I almost bought one, but they're huge. They're, they're so huge. Long. And I didn't, they're, I didn't go in the aspect of having like that kind of stuff. Right. I thought an arcade machine because mm-hmm. I would, if I given the choice, mm-hmm. I would pick a pinball machine, and it would probably be something like Twilight Zone or or. Um, gosh, I'm trying to think. Or you know, there Twilight Zone would be a top of the list because I love the show. Mm-hmm. And it's a good machine. It's I don't think it's as great as everybody thinks it is. I think it's pretty good, but it would be up there. And also, it's super duper valuable. If you, you know? could, I mean, if you if you brought it out to literally any kind of an arcade machine, not just a video arcade machine, would it be Twilight Zone? You know, uh, when I was a kid, I used to go play these EM games that were like shooting galleries. Mm-hmm. That would be awesome to have one of those. Yep. And also, there was this one where you flew this helicopter. Mm-hmm. That would be a fun one to have. So electromechanical stuff. Also, there's the one with like a haunted graveyard theme. That was awesome. You know, another one, awesome. So, but those games are hard to keep up. But, I mean, if I could get one in pristine Yeah, we're, we're talking about, you know, Fantasy land, World. So. Those would be on the list, too. Th- yeah. And, of course, they're huge. Yeah. You know, but those would be on the list, too. Good question. Yeah. Thank you, Fishbutt. Um, well, I think we've reached the end of the line, Aaron. Mm. Uh, so, I'm going to put these credits up and get them rolling. Put them right in front of us. And uh, 
go ahead and thank all of the lovely people that make this show happen. Did you know that we have Patreon, Aaron? <laughs> I've heard that. I've heard that. I read Patreon.com slash Amigos Podcast if you'd like to support the Amigos Podcast and uh, keep the lights on over at Amigos Studio. We'd appreciate it. Uh, I'd like to thank these folks in particular. Ian Griffiths, Duncan Styles, THT, Anthony Jarvis, Dreamcatcher, Adam Battersby, John Marshall, Darren Coles, Neil Mansell, Brutal Barracuda, Alan Kebab, David McCrandles, Gary Hucker, Will Williams, Ravi Abbott, Kim Tommy Humbertstad, Josh Nan, Jason Warns Lane, Eric Nelson, Graham Vebke, Paul Harrington, Rob O'Hara, Laurent Giroux, Jonas Rulo, Cole Bjorn Barterman, Tapes from the Crypt, Adam Bradley, Chris Foltz, Daniel Bingston, O'Brien's Retro and Vintage, Chad Halstead, and Brent Dowdy. We're going to have to start a podcast just to say the names. <laughs> you know, I was going to, it's too bad that my guitar is not next to me. I was going to do a Nirvana medley. In that honor is a travesty. Of our a, yeah. Here's a quick question. THT. THT. What do you think that stands for? Does that, is, that some, is there a hidden meaning that I don't get? Too hot for television? Is is that what that is? Probably not. Just like Jerry Springer, right? Mm-hmm. It, you don't know what it means, no. do you? We could guess. Is that what your guess is? Yeah, I think that's the name of his YouTube channel, I want to say. I know his real name, but I, I can't recall it. Is there a THT in it? I don't think so. I think his name's like Terry Dubois. That should be our next contest. Guess what that stands for. <laughs> All right. <laughs> we can we can bring that up on the on the on the marathon. We can ponder it. What are we, we playing next week, hours. Boat? For God's sake. Next week we're gonna take a look at that classic quack. Oh, okay. Yep. This was uh suggested by Chris Folds and you mean uh, Chris Folds. Chris Folds. And we're gonna do it. So it's gonna be a fun one. Until then, guys. Adios. adios.